0: What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the What the What podcast. I am one of your hosts, Eric Creech. Joining me on the couch today, Kyle Whitley, and tuning in from the sanctum sanctorum of her choosing, Ashby Brain. That was magical.
1: What's poppin'? What's
0: up? Which one are you going to? There's one in London, Beijing, and there's New York.
1: Oh, definitely London. London's one of my favorite places on the planet. I wonder who's
0: guarding that Sanctum mm-hmm. Sanctorum. Doctor Doctor Strange's all about the you know the one in New York. That's and, Doctor Who.
2: Oh, Doctor Who is is the, the one in London.
0: Oh, I've, I've never seen Doctor Who.
2: I haven't either. I just assumed.
3: Oh, okay.
1: that's what I say Doctor Who is one hundred percent a British show. So the Doctor's British.
0: <laughs> hey. Does he do magic? You
1: know, no. I mean. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to explain Doctor Who to you guys, but it's like, a it's like asking if the people in Star Trek do magic. I'm sure in the hmm. context of the show, it's supposed to seem to the people that he's appearing to that it's magic, but he's actually just a very technolog- technologically advanced alien. Well, so.
0: Okay, well, here's something I do know. Benedict Cumberbatch was one of the Doctors. That's so true. So is this some kind of weird Marvel crossover? From a different realm. From a different realm.
1: Benedict Cumberbatch has never been a doctor or in doctor. He was not one of the doctors? Who he am was, I thinking? No.
0: He you're thinking He was he uh, was Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. Yes. He was Sherlock Holmes. Okay. Who was the yeah, the doctor before Matt Smith?
1: Oh, David Tennant, who was David Barty Tennant Jr. is who Harry I'm Potter. thinking of.
0: Yeah, David mm-hmm. Tennant, um, the yeah. villain in uh, Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. That's I, yes. I,
1: get, I get all those yes. British
0: guys mixed up, you know. <laughs> he
1: was also Barty Crouch Jr. in the Harry Potter. Yes, movies, he was. So. Barty. But no, Benedict Cumberbatch was um <laughs> was <laughs> Sherlock Holmes, which is why it was funny that he ended up in Marvel too, because of course Robert Downey Jr. was, awesome. was also Sherlock Holmes. Well, and so. also
0: their Watsons, Martin Freeman and Jude Law. Have also appeared in, in the MCU as well. You also That's know right. who another That's Sherlock right. Holmes was? Who? Henry Cavill, who is Superman in the DC Universe. Oh, well, we're not talking about
1: Superman. We're not talking about that.
3: Why not? <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking Why about that, Kyle. Not? <laughs> I think we, we both should.
1: Just we're like, shut it down. Shut
0: <laughs> no. it down now. He did this, a good is a, this is a Marvel discussion. No. I don't care that the Snyder Cut came out this weekend. We're talking MCU luck, on today's luck. podcast, and we want to thank the listeners for tuning in. We're not talking about Break it, about it up the
2: there. St- <laughs>
0: no. we're The world's talking about this movie, so we might as
2: well Look, talk about I it. If I can
1: talk about Bucky Barnes ad mm-hmm. nauseum, we can let Kyle talk about the Snyder Cut. I disagree.
2: Um, You're wrong. <laughs> You haven't even watched it. You don't even know. Don't. That's why we shouldn't talk about it. Don't spoil
0: anything for I'm me. I'm not going
2: to spoil it. I will throw it out there this much. I told him before we started the podcast I would I would put my input on it. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. I'm watching it in sections, which they did a really cool job of breaking it down with literally like title screens to say part five with a title, and then you can just stop it and watch it almost as a TV series, which I'm really enjoying. I've come to the conclusion that the DC – Universe would make a much better like television style where you just get the all the information you need without them having to rush it into one movie. Because if I was having to watch this four-hour movie all together, I probably would zone out multiple times. But the way they did it this way, it's a lot more. You find out a lot more information. You understand why things are happening compared to whenever you saw Justice League before. It was literally like all the trailers combined and thrown into one and just seen, 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 seen until the movie's over. So people are going to like it. Some people are still not going to like it. I've enjoyed it a lot more so far. And I was one that didn't really care for it the first time. So even though I am a big DC person, you know, I've been very, I will definitely admit their movies have not been great.
1: You know, what's interesting about that is, well, what's funny about it is I completely agree with you and What's interesting about it is, uh, you know, for all the mess I talk about DC and the movies and, you know, Zack Snyder or whatever, my brain compartmentalizes that completely separately from the DC CW universe that I am... 100% into and watch every episode. Like I have seen every episode of Arrow, Flash, Legends, Mm -hmm. Supergirl, Superman, and Lois. I mean, like I've watched um, the one-off they did of Swamp Thing this Mm -hmm. summer. I mean, when it comes to DC in the TV medium, I'm a huge fan. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like I can't be the only one that finds their cinematic ventures problematic not sure. like problematic in that sense but like it just doesn't work for me and i i wish that like dc could understand what they're letting greg berlanti do in the tv medium and then see what marvel's currently doing and somehow put the dots together that mm-hmm. that, that could work for them and i'm hoping that maybe the reaction to the snyder cut will be in a like an awakening for them yeah, because i do think that if dc I mean, I say if DC got into TV, like they're not already in TV, but like the DC that puts out these movies is not the DC that is behind the CW Arrowverse.
3: Mm-hmm. It's
1: just, it happens to all be DC backstory. So I feel like if they can make, you know, make moves towards trying to make all that merge together, because the other thing that I think that Marvel has learned that DC still hasn't learned is that the same characters that you see on your TV can be the same characters that you see on your movie screen and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So like the idea that you don't have to recast to move something from the movie screen to the TV screen. So like one of the really interesting things they did during Crisis when they did all the crossovers of all the verse mm-hmm. TV shows Is they brought um, Ezra Miller Miller in for just a hot second as like the Flash, as Mm -hmm. an alternate universe Flash? But I think, and you know, I'm not a TV exec thinking about losing billions of dollars, but I think that Grant Gustin as Barry Allen could carry a Flash franchise on the big screen. You know, Stephen Amell could have been the Arrow in the dc zack snyder universe like Mm. i don't understand why they have this this barrier in dc against like there seems to be a big curtain between what they're doing for the big screen and what they're doing for the small screen and i just think that they they could really stand to like rethink that whole concept
0: I don't disagree with you there. Um, I, I was also a big fan of Arrow. I, I didn't really watch everything Flash or Legends of Tomorrow, but I di- was a big Arrow fan, and I watched all the crossovers and stuff, and just liked how everything with that flowed really well. I think the storytelling's better, and I think that's where you have to kind of like measure, like you know, storytelling versus what's going to make the most profit. Mm-hmm. And right, and I, I think what y'all were talking about is you know for the DC or the Justice League. Type thing, there's so many backstories and mm. so many different things, it would serve the storytelling better to be in a television format. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, right. you know, there's probably less money to be made that way. But I don't know that now because Disney Plus is putting some of their bigger characters maybe not their biggest, but I mean, they're crowning a new Captain America in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I would say that's one of their bigger characters now. Mm. So, right. I mean, it's not Steve Rogers, but. You know, it, it is what it is. I've made the argument over the years that the X-Men would be well-served to be in a television episodic format because there's so many characters in the X-Men. Um, in, in the main team or the lore that comes with X-Men, mm-hmm. um, you would be better off doing 10-episode seasons and have overarching stories each season. And then they can still tie into the MCU. But trying to get all that across in a two-hour movie... Um, I feel does not serve them the best that they that it could be. Right. Um, they've had some good X Men movies, but they've also had some <clears> bad <throat> ones that would have really had been um, better served to have extra time um, so they wouldn't feel like right. they're jamming everything into a two and a half hour movie. And well, I'll and s- I
1: think that the good news is that the format is changing, and mm-hmm. the the format changing helps everything and everyone because I I feel like where the pushback was historically is that movie actors refused to be on tv and mm-hmm. movie directors refused to direct tv because direct directing and acting in tv shows was the lesser medium like you were doing tv to get out of tv to get mm-hmm. into movies and to never go back but now the form the format is so switched that you could have directors like Zack Snyder and you could have actors you know like um, Gogadal, uh, Gal Gadot, and ben you athlete. know Ezra Miller, willing to mm-hmm. do the TV format because they understand that that I mean that now that's where the money is, that's where the production value is, mm-hmm. um, especially after 2020 when no one went to the movies for a sure. year and like somehow Hollywood survived.
2: Well, just just you to know. wrap it up a little bit about DC, but I will say I was the same way. Like Flash is my favorite. Uh, CWDC series and I love mm-hmm. Grant Gustin. I think he does an amazing job. Uh, and I really like him as the flash and I remember when it was brought up like I like Ezra Miller and some of the other things I'd seen. but I was like, I don't know how this is gonna work out as the flash because that's two different type of people. You've already got an amazing flash, why don't you put him in? The whole world said that. Um, and I will say like whenever I left that movie, I was like, man, he was just so dorky and like he's not the Barry Allen that I'm used to. And there just wasn't much there. I will say, seeing it now, at least the parts that I have seen, I'm at, I'm near the end. I'm at like the epilogue part before I left the house. But the way they've done this movie this time is they finally give you the backstory for all these people that they're bringing together. Whereas, we've talked about it before, how DC did it backwards. Where Marvel went with these individual characters, you had plenty of time to get to know them before you threw them in a movie with everybody else. DC tried to jump the gun and do Justice League and just throw everybody in there assuming you would know everybody and you do for the most part, at least the main three. But then all these other characters were very much really quick scenes. I'm grabbing you up to join a team. I don't really care to know anything else about you. You've got powers. We need you. Come on. Versus the way they've done it this time. like Honestly, and like I said, I've only seen Justice League one time beforehand and it was in the movie theater and I do think I like, dozed off in the midst of it. But, I didn't remember hardly anything about Cyborg or at least any backstory of Cyborg. I remember him just being who he is and knowing what I knew before I went in and him having some powers. I remember the flash having some funny like scenes that were a little quirky, but then honestly he ran around a whole lot and shot lightning and did things, but I didn't really care about either one of them. And I liked the characters same way with Aquaman. You got, you know, a little bit of where he's from, but that's about it. But going back and seeing this version now, it didn't have any reason. you know. It could be as long as it wanted to be because the fans fu- demanded it long enough that they could just do what it wanted to do with it. It would never fly, I don't think, if you would have put a four-hour movie out in movie theaters. I don't think people would originally gone to see it so much. But there was so much already recorded and so much back history that each of these characters, by the time you reach the ending and the fighting and everything else, you have so much more appreciation for each of the heroes, their lives in general, beyond just joining up to be part of a super team, but just the lives they live. Cyborg has such a deep history, or like just his life. He's got a really great story around him that I didn't appreciate enough because I didn't have any of the information about it. Barry Allen, the same way, right. you get more of that. And even when Ezra Miller has his dorky moments and quirky moments, like you appreciate them at these moments now because you've learned more about him instead of just being thrown these little moments. Um, the same way right. the villain, you appreciate it a lot more. I did at least this time because I had more of a history of this villain. And not just some big thing. And, and I will say, too, I thought about when I was watching, I'm always the guy that's like, they keep throwing all the CGI stuff in here and it's just way too much CGI. There's tons of it in this movie, um, but I think at least this version was done well. Um, there are plenty of scenes the same way. We've talked about some other stuff where it just jumps reality and it's just full-blown CGI the entire time. But it, it looked better. I didn't get taken away. The actual villains looked like they were there fighting them and stuff this time. But, um Well, you've
1: convinced know. me to watch it, and that's that's the highest praise I can give.
2: <laughs> you may hate it, like I'm not saying because I've seen online, like I'm, I've mentioned it before. I try my best now not to jump online and read ahead and jump ahead and everything else. I've seen some like not giant reviews, just people leaving comments on stuff like on Instagram or whatever. And you've got some people that are like, "This is amazing." We, sh-, you know, they should allow him to do the second one now. There should be a second one because it leaves it open, and there's so much more to it now. You know. There's tons of that, and then right there beside of it, there's obviously people that like, that sucked, it was a waste of my time, you know. or I saw the first one and hated it, why would I ever watch this one? I mean, everybody's going to have their opinions, and this, and you're totally entitled to that. I definitely, like I said, I haven't quite finished it yet, but I've enjoyed this one a lot more, but I have also as well watched it more so as the way I would a TV show versus the other, and like you to your point too, and, and I'll be quiet, but... Um, you're talking about TV shows and the formats and stuff that we're, you know, actors and actresses jumping into now. And you got to look how Disney doing Disney plus is giant, you know, compared to previous, you know, years past TV, you know, companies or whatever. Same way where DC's, you know, you know, teamed up now with HBO. Now HBO is bigger and they can do more things. And I know they've talked about doing a miniseries, miniseries like Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, I haven't dug into any of that so that could all be fake I could be telling you fake stuff right now but I do remember at least seeing an article at one point there's the possibility I do feel like you're going to see from this reaction at least people wanting to see more at least intrigued to see more now where they go with that I don't know because there's already you know another Batman movie that's in progress that we've already seen a trailer for uh and I know that's in a different world the same way they did Joker and did it in its own you know entity and everything else who knows what they're going to do going forward but um I definitely appreciated this movie a lot more than I did the first time I saw it,
0: and I'll be quiet now. Can we get back to Marvel, please? Maybe <laughs> please? every action has its opposite. Okay, sorry,
2: <laughs> that's the wrong movie. That's not Marvel either. It's on well, Disney Plus. Disney
0: owns it too, so who knows?
1: Look, is it is it an episode? If Someone doesn't bring up Hamilton. <laughs> I
0: want to know really this. Well, here's the one thing like, if we're going to talk about HBO Max, let's talk about the real MVP of HBO Max in the Heights, which is coming out in June, by the way. All mm. um, right. Can't wait.
1: Yeah, now that I've told you about it. <laughs> yeah,
2: thank you. <laughs> Question Is Peggy a Disney princess? She should be. She's wearing yes.
0: Belle's dress. I mean, why not? That's true. It's a hand me down. Yeah. Okay. Or is it? Or is it? Would, well, that's true. Well, I don't know. When did Beauty and the Beast take place? They didn't have television. French Revolution.
2: I don't know. Mm. I just enjoy movies. Peggy for what they would are. have
0: handed it down the bell. Honestly, maybe she if, did. If, that, if that's the timeline.
1: Yeah, I it's can't. I'd ha- I, I totally forgot the uh, timeline of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah,
0: things you didn't think you'd have to think of tonight, but
1: alas, honestly. here we are.
2: I'm not thinking. honestly. <laughs> I just enjoy the cartoons and the other movies and. I'll let you handle the historical facts
1: of
0: it. Cool. Anything else you want to talk about before we dive into the episode <laughs> while we're here?
1: Nope. <laughs> no no
0: reactions to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, real quick. Here's <laughs> here's the thing. Um
1: I I can't. I can't I can't. I can't get started. Um or i will never finish and i know that we have many many mcu episodes to get through before we can deep dive into falcon winter soldier and i feel like if you ask me every week for the next six weeks what i thought of the episode um there is there's not enough bandwidth honestly like i just can't i I can't even you're saying the limit does not
0: exist Mm.
1: that limit does not exist i got up At 6.30, I didn't set my alarm for 3 a.m., but I got up early Friday morning to watch the entire episode with my coffee before work and, like, was blown away, shouted, like, you know, pumped my fist in the air, cried, um, texted a bunch of people, like, posted, uh, you know, on social, trying not to, you know, do any spoilers, and I just, you know, I was so concerned. I was so concerned about you know, Marvel taking the long format with TV show. I'd watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like I knew they were capable of it, but I, I, it's one of those things where everyone has that character that they root for and everyone knows that Bucky Barnes is it for me. And so I know a lot of people who love Wanda, for example, were worried about WandaVision and WandaVision ended up being delightful. And so it sort of just, I was really worried because it, it gave me even higher hopes And I know we're only one episode in, but I am blown away and I'm already so happy with how they're treating these characters and I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited for this TV show.
2: Same way with, I mentioned before, like I've tried not to watch every little thing leading up to it. So I came into it very vaguely knowing like what we knew from, um, from Endgame and everything else and kind of knowing where it was heading from there. But it was really cool. Like it took me by surprise at least how the first episode was handled same way i'm not going to go in like a deep you know information about it but the way just where every person is positioned currently and just how things are working it you know it put a brand new spin that i was not expecting at all you know coming into what you know just seeing trailers or whatever else coming up to it i just expected something different but i like this better than what i was expecting
0: i'll just say this no you can't get captain america we have captain america at home
3: (laughs) (laughs) that's right (laughs) All right.
0: <laughs> I will say, I'll, and I, the only line I'll say was
2: Erica looked at me and said, that's not him. Look at his chin. And I was like, okay, well, that,
0: that makes sense. We'll leave it there. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, thanks, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, for joining us uh, as we talk about all things DC and Marvel. <laughs> Please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And, of course, rate and review us five stars, Okay. Or we'll send you to the mirror dimension. Have fun with that. Uh, Please follow us on social media channels by searching for What the What Media all one word all uh, one word yep we're on facebook instagram and youtube we're also on twitter at wtw underscore media please share this with your friends last week on the podcast kyle and i discussed 90s sports celebrities we had a good time with that we really we did really laid back episodes as kyle is I literally, literally laying back myself. on my couch here um well i
2: just thought some you know literally. falcon winter soldier made me think about you know being on a couch
0: No spoilers. No. On today's episode, we are taking a deep deep dive, dive. you need to hold your mic to your mouth, into 2016's Doctor Strange. Here's your spoiler warning for today's episode. While Doctor Strange is our primary focus, we may be discussing any and all things related to the Marvel Marvel, Marvel Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe, including Marvel television shows like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter tie-in comics, any of the other twenty-two MCU films, and possibly even the DC universe too, because why not? Yep, Might as well. Um, so, with all that said, let's um, let's jump into the New York version of the Sanctum Sanctorum in Ashby. Please recap this movie.
1: I feel like it's been a while since I've done a recap. Um, it's this strange. This recap is brought to you by uh, IMDb. Um, I'm I'm gonna. I'm going to base this loosely off of their synopsis just to give me a a guideline. I did watch the movie recently. I remember it being very good and it's still very good. So, um, I'm just going to use this to help me make sure I don't skip anything. So. We start the movie with um, a sorcerer and his gang, who we later come to know as Kaecilius, uh, breaks into what we also come to know as one of the Sanctum Sim- uh, libraries, and he ends up beheading the librarian, yikes, and tearing some pages out of a book. And then they try to escape, but they're followed by the ancient one, and um, they end up bending and folding and reshaping reality and the streets and the buildings. And there's a lot of really cool CGI and there's sort of a fight and then, um, Kyselius escapes with some of his henchmen, and then we cut to Dr. Stephen Strange, um, who is performing a very delicate brain operation, and as he finishes, another doctor named Christine Palmer rushes in to show him an x-ray of a patient with a bullet in the brain, and he ends up doing his, you know, very haughty doctor act, and he saves him, and Um, he makes one of the other doctors look foolish in the meantime, and then he and Christine have some banter and you can tell that there is sort of a relationship, you know, there that's a little undefined, but they're clearly sort of on again, off again, lovers. And, um, he invites her to an event that he's going to later that night and she declines and he goes off and gets really, um, expensively dressed in his expensive condo and gets in his expensive car and rides off into the expensive sunset and then probably crashes his super expensive Lamborghini. Um, while he crashes, we watch as the dashboard like wraps basically around his hands and then he plunges into the river and don't touch the drive, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Exactly. Um, and he is saved. So he's airlifted to the hospital that he actually works at. And he awakens um, very badly hurt, but alive and is immobilized, especially his hands and arms. Um, He comes to realize later we're very badly damaged in the crash. And while they try to give him as much function as possible, it's very clear that after a lot of surgeries and a lot of therapies and a lot of things he's trying that he is never going to work again. He's never going to be a surgeon again. His hands are just not going to work that way. And he refuses to accept reality. And in doing so, he basically bankrupts himself into trying to fix his hands and he pushes Christine away. He's very rude to her. And when everything else fails, he eventually tracks down this guy that was paralyzed and was able to walk again. And this guy basically tells him that, you know, he went to this sort of Eastern medicine place to decide that you know if he couldn't get his body in order that he would get his mind and his spirit in order and so he went looking for spirituality and ended up finding this place that sort of basically taught him to walk again it's all very like vague vaguely talked about to strange so off he goes to um you know parts unknown to try to Find these people who he thinks are going to somehow like illegally medically treat him with some like weird kind of fringe medicine so that he can have his hands back. And it turns out that he stumbles onto the ancient one and her cohorts um, in the which sanctum Centaurum were they in? Uh, Shanghai. Be the Beijing.
3: No. Mm-hmm.
1: Beijing. Beijing. So he ends up in Beijing, and um, they. And well, he ends up being robbed on the street, but he ends up being in the place that he needs to be because one of the ancient ones, people like, you know, uh, what's that guy's name? I can't remember. Mordo, uh, Mordo, 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 yeah, Mordo, Mordo. um, saves him from the muggers and then T, te- uh, uh, takes him into the comertage where he finally meets the ancient one and he's still under the impression that there's going to be some weird medical practices going on and she basically tells him that you know she's a mystical uh, mystic kind of guide person who can align the the body and bend reality to make things you know been to her will and so you know she's not going to do anything medical to him she's just going to teach him spiritually to like align his chakras and basically he will be able to control his hands from shaking and he basically says you know like this is bs that's not possible this is all like woo-woo magic stuff and she forces his spirit outside of his body and he has an out-of-body experience and then he falls to the ground and he's like teach me you know And basically, she thinks he's not a true believer, so she kicks him out, and he sits on the doorstep and knocks for five hours until they let him back in. Um, and that's when he ends up being a student of the ancient one and living at, um, Comatash. And he does his typical Dr. Stephen Strange thing where he thinks he knows better and he breaks all the rules and he ends up stealing books out of the library and, um, you know, he goes through a lot of things with like learning how to, to bend, you know, reality, and he learns about the mirror verse, and while he's doing all of this, he's starting to gather that there are other things going on, like the, that Kaecilius, who we saw at the beginning, used to be a student just like him of the Ancient One, and then disagreed with her about using darker magic and darker practices, and then, um, he's trying to bring about basically the end of the world by inviting this um, alternate universe destroyer of worlds called uh, Dormammu. Yeah. Dormammu, thank you. Dormammu. Dormammu, Dormammu, has um, come to
0: bargain. Oh wait, that's not. Yeah, we're not here there. We're yet. not there yet that's right
1: uh into into our world to basically like eat it basically Mm -hmm. um but Caecilius is convinced that like it's going to lead to immortality so anyway long story short the uh, kaecilius's gang breaks into all the um sanctums at once basically looking for uh the spell that will bring dormammu into our world And um, they end up killing a bunch of people, and then um, Doctor Strange defeats them temporarily at the New York Sanctum. And then the Ancient One and Mordu show up, um, and the Ancient One uh, confronts Stephen about not being... You know, ready to be a part of this world and he's just in it to fix his hands and he's not in it to save the world and he's, you know, he has to make a choice about being selfish or not and then there's a fight in the hospital where they're like all having out of body experiences and then the ancient one is killed um and steven has to make a decision about whether or not and christine is involved in all this and there's some really funny scenes in the hospital where you know he's scaring the mess out of her by appearing to her in his like um temporal form or whatever and he basically has to decide whether he's going to use everything he's learned to be the selfish person he always has been and fix his own hands or whether he's gonna take on this mantle of being the master of a sanctum and the protector of this world and all that kind of stuff. And he ends up um, deciding that he's gonna help Mordu and everyone else um, and Wong, who's the, one of the other characters, he's the librarian, um, defeat uh, Kaecilius and defeat Dormammu. And so they have this final stand at the one of the last sanctums in Hong Kong. And they get there and Caecilius has already called Dormammu into our world and everything's starting to happen. And Steven, um, uses the infinity stone that we don't know is an infinity stone yet. He uses the time stone to rewind time. The Eye of Agamotto. That's right. The Eye of Agamotto, which that's, that's what they think it is. Right. Um, And, or that's what he thinks it is. He doesn't realize what it is at first. And so he uses it um, because he apparently has a natural aptitude for magic because Mordu asked him, like, how did you know to do that? And he uses it to mess with time and defeat Caecilius. And then he ends up getting into a a temporal time loop with Dormammu, getting killed over and over and over and over again. Dormammu,
0: I've come to (laughs) Borgen.
1: Right, uh, and it. then he mm-hmm. just says it over and over again, um, and Dormammu is basically like, you know, we can do this forever, like, I can kill you forever and ever, and then Strange says, right, but that makes you my prisoner, because we will never leave this time loop, like, I, I will lose every time, but you will never win, and so it makes Dormammu mad, obviously, because he realized he is trapped, and so they bargain And Dr. Strange defeats Dormammu by making him promise to leave earth alone and take Kaecilius and his henchmen with him. And, um, the movie ends with him becoming the head honcho, the master, the protector, whatever of the New York sanctum, um, along with Wong. So, and he gets a cool little cape in the meantime that has a mind Mm -hmm. of its own. So, uh, Anyway, that's um
0: that's a that good we are. job. Well, sure. yeah, that was a pretty good job. Well, there, there was a post credit scene too, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: What was it, Eric? I mean, didn't uh a you know, certain Asgardian show up? It's possible.
1: Uh yes. Yes, yes. Sorry, the post credit scene. <laughs> um yes. I was a little I was a little confused by the post credit scene because I guess at the time I wouldn't have known this but the post a lot of the post credit scenes are scenes in and of themselves but in this instance the post credit scene was a scene that was actually put into the Thor Ragnarok movie which yes. we didn't know at the time yes. um so we're actually getting a snippet of Thor Ragnarok as the post credit scene to Doctor Strange where Doctor Strange um comes up against Thor and Loki and kindly asks them to leave Earth alone. <laughs> as he ref- as
0: he refills Thor's beer um, yes. over and over yes. and over again. Um, yeah. And that's not the first time that it's happened. They actually did that in Ant-Man, I believe, as well. Okay. Uh, where they, um, Captain America has Bucky chained to like a radiator or something, and Falcon comes in and says, I know a guy who can help us. And that same scene was in Civil War as well. Um, uh, okay. So th- th- it's that. it's similar, um, but not quite the same. I just a-
1: know they didn't do that very often. Normally, no, not, the in credit scenes were standalone. Uh, yeah, a little
0: teaser. Yeah. Um, there was also another post credit scene with Mordo um, going to um, Jonathan Pagong or whatever his name was, who uh, used magic to heal himself, and then he never helped with the magic stuff, and Mordo literally took his magic away from him and said the world oh has wow Pangborn the, the, yeah Pangborn that's his name yeah mm-hmm. Pangborn and Mordo said this world has a, too many sorcerers um, you know so Mordo's being positioned as a villain in a future Doctor Strange mm-hmm. movie
3: uh, with oh that, wow with that that's upsetting yes
1: look people with rigid belief systems I mean you know that can go either way you know you, you think you're a good guy you end up being a bad guy mm-hmm.
0: yeah I mean just ask Aselius so. I mean,
2: yeah, exactly. A, a key way to know you're a bad guy is to listen to the background music that's playing whenever you're during your. Ooh, good point. Good Very point. Good that point.
0: usually will reveal which way it is.
1: Cool. So you're saying that the ominous symphony following me around is trying to tell me something?
0: Yes. Take I mean, you, you take what you want to from
2: that. I'm just just yikes. listen to see if they're in the major or minor scale. It'll let you know. Yes. Okay. If it starts sounding like <laughs> Jaws, if it sounds happy, then it's probably good. If it sounds like mm-hmm. Jaws is about to come up, you're probably up with some no good.
1: Okay.
2: <laughs> so you mentioned his his cape, and then uh-huh. maybe uh, like uh, it keeps reminding me of the magic carpet from Aladdin. Pretty much. That's what I relate it to. Where, like, you don't really hear it talk, he doesn't do anything, but it has a very funny personality amongst itself. That's some pointless information for me, Kyle Willie.
0: The cape slaps Tony Stark's hand, and if in the war. It's pretty hilarious, I'm mm-hmm. so. um, mm-hmm. Yes, very trusted. It's a whole new world. Uh, trusted sidekick there. Well, Doctor Strange is the 14th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, directed by Scott Derrickson, who saw Inception and was like, I can do better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, yeah, Scott Derrickson directed this movie. It stars, as we mentioned, Benedict Cumberbatch, who was not on Doctor Who, um, as well as Rachel McAdams, Benedict Wong, Benjamin Bratt, Mads Mikkelsen, Tilda Swinton, and I cannot pronounce the guy who played Mordo's name. Uh, I'm not even going to try to butcher it. Just look it up, um, and I will promise to get better pronunciation next time. Um, it came out uh, originally had its world premiere in Hong Kong on October 13th, 2016. Released in the United States on November 4th as part of Phase Three, grossed over 60, million worldwide. Was met with praise for visuals, musical scoring, and cast, and received an Academy Award nomination for Best Visual Effects. And a sequel. Is scheduled to come out on March twenty fifth, two thousand twenty two. So about around a year from now, um, we should be getting Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. With all that said, how did y'all enjoy this film? Did you like it? Hate it? Meh. Somebody talk here, please.
1: I feel, <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, <clears throat> one day you're going to make me sit down and actually. Re- you know, rank my MCU movies. Oh, so that's, that the, that's, the that's the that's um, the end game.
0: That's <laughs> the end game.
3: Oh, games, okay,
1: okay, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like when it. we
0: get done, you know, when we finally get caught up in 2024 with all the Marvel okay. stuff, we will right. rank. We're gonna every, have to rank them. Then. We'll rank everything. That'll be our um, five-year anniversary show. I mean,
1: <laughs> I feel like so. I feel like you have to put in in my mind what what ends up screwing up my rankings is I. I categorize the Marvel Cinematic Universe into tiers. So there are tier one movies, and mm-hmm. tier one movies are like the Captain Americas, the Thors, the Iron Mans, the Guardians. Like those are the like the headliner movies. And then the tier two movies for me are, you know, like the Ant Mans, the Doctor Stranges, the Captain Marvels, like the one offs, um, or the ones that are meant to be like fillers that aren't like the Holy Trinity of Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, whatever. um, And aren't the tag team movies, but that certainly move the plot along. Um, And so to me, if you, if you think about tier two movies, then Dr. Strange really ranks up at the top for me. Um, But if we're, if we're, if we're including all the Marvel movies with all of sort of those like big, big ones then I mean he's probably gonna end up somewhere around like 15 16 17 you know So like so I I feel like when I rank Doctor Strange you know it it can seem like I don't like him but I really really love this movie and I remember really loving it when it came out
2: I agree with exactly what you're saying I was thinking about the whole time I was watching and it keeps resonating with me now as if you were to ask the majority of people that like Marvel movies I don't feel like the first character the most time they're going to list is like, oh, I'm a huge Doctor Strange fan. And I don't mean that negative because I know there are people out there that are giant Doctor Strange fans. The same way that, you know, Ashby loves Bucky and I like Nightwing. And, you know, it's the random characters that have a good part and they're very important, but it's not the people you necessarily think of first. Um, now, I'm sure the comic-wise is a little bit different. I knew, Ka- or I knew Doctor Strange... Some from like different comic books I read over time, um, never like an individual Doctor Strange book, but with just ones that are bigger events that he's part of. And I always knew he was super powerful. I always knew he was someone that was considered very intelligent. But honestly, I didn't know much more than that about him. So it was really cool going in to see this movie, really getting to know him the same way. For me, the first time I saw Iron Man, I knew about Iron Man, but I really didn't know like any depth, you know, to him. So it was really cool to see that with this, um, and I do enjoy this movie. Uh, A lot of CGI is done in this movie, and I thought about it while watching it and just being amazed at how it's done, where it's still, especially in New York, whenever they go into that zone where all the buildings are twisting and turning and everything else, and how it's done so meticulously that it still looks like the real world, yet it's just warped. Um, So I don't know. I just, I really do like this movie, but I'm right there with Ashby where is if you ask me my top five, it doesn't make it. Because there's certain ones that just I like so much that they outrank it that way. But I do think in this style of movie, it's I preferred this all day over Ant-Man um, and some of the other movies in that kind of range. But no, I really do enjoy this
0: movie, though. For me, this movie kind of falls in the same category of like Ant-Man, the way mm-hmm. Ashby was kind of saying. It's a good movie. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it when I watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, the visuals were really striking. Um, it was kind of like just like a refreshing movie. Like, I remember whenever they announced phase three and uh, looking at the lineup and telling uh, a friend of ours, Kyle Daltrey, like, Okay, well, I'm going to watch uh, Captain America Civil War, but I don't know if I'll go see Doctor Strange when it comes out. And that was a lie. Um, I did not know it at the time, but I was I was sold hook, line, and sinker, and I was going to be there opening weekend for every Marvel movie here on out um, until they've disappointed me, and they have yet to disappoint me. So with all that said, it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. It's not the first one I want to rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's... Um, Similar to you with your history with Doctor Strange, the only real backstory I had on Doctor Strange was his one or two episode appearance in the Spider-Man cartoon, sure, um, uh, animated uh, series, um, where Mordo was a bad guy in that episode, and so like I see Mordo in this in the movie, and I'm thinking, oh, I remember him too. Uh, he's going to end up being a bad guy at some point. Um, so that was kind of spoiled for me. For me, thanks hmm. Spider-Man, <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Good movie. Uh, originally, when I was ranking these movies uh, at the uh, when Endgame was coming out, um, I had it ranked 16th out of 21, which sounds low. But again, as we talked about with Ant Man, just because it's low on this list does not necessarily mean it's a bad movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking re- looking at the list now, and I think I'm going to have to like re-do this because some movies, once you rewatch them, move up. Some of them move down. I feel like Doctor Strange might move up seeing some of the ones I have ranked ahead of it. I have Captain Marvel ranked ahead of it. I think I would rank it above Captain Marvel. So I I don't know. Um, But overall, yes, enjoyed the film. It's an important film uh, in the MCU. It does move the plot along and it sets him up for future appearances um, and sets up his role in the MCU. And the things that happen in this movie are set up really nicely, especially with the eye of Agamotto being revealed to be the time stone. That's the fifth Infinity Stone that's been revealed at this point. We've seen four others. We know there's six. So we know we're getting to literally an endgame, no pun intended, um, that we're, you know, driving ourselves to all six being revealed and Thanos making his move to collect them. Um, So being able to explain where this one is, it's on Earth now along with the Mind Stone. Um, You know, just it's... um, it's a really good movie for that. It's not like the best movie ever, but a quality film that I enjoyed. So, anything y'all want to add to that? The only other thing
2: I really oh. add is just thinking more towards like Endgame um, and Infinity War to see him once again and like at least showing in a, a powerful role. Um, it does much you make you appreciate the actual character of Doctor Strange and what he's able to do. Um, And just the way he thinks intelligently throughout things, the way he has a key moment with Tony um, in those in in game and some other moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think without this great first movie to really get a good grasp of who he is, um, I don't think we would appreciate or necessarily even understood nearly as much in these later movies without, you know, seeing him coming from, you know, not magical at all, only straight physical, you know, Tangible, you know, scientific belief and everything—not you know, magic which just fancy fairy tale stuff—to see where he ends up later on and how that how he fits into his niche and role within the entire other realm of heroes, right? In this series,
0: and one thing I want to note: now we had the ancient one in this movie, uh, who is the current, who was the current sorcerer su- supreme mm-hmm. at the end of this movie, and even into Infinity War and Endgame, and into the present. Doctor Stephen Strange is not. The Sorcerer Supreme yet. So, I mean, I think that's an important uh, thing to point out. I I saw a lot of stuff when WandaVision came out a couple of weeks ago. Um, The Sorcerer Supreme was mentioned in the last episode. Mm -hmm. And some people were like, oh, that's that's starting to Strange." She's talking about, no, he's not yet Uh -uh. the Sorcerer Supreme yet. Um, That's an important um, title that he has to, I don't know how he ends up getting that title, but he's not yet obtained that title yet. There is not a current Sorcerer Supreme that we know of now. Again, since Endgame, it's been five years since the events of Infinity War. Maybe there was a. Maybe Mordo became the Sorcerer Supreme, and now he's. I don't know. I mean, that's something. That's I guess a good we'll, point. We'll find out in um, Multiverse of Madness, but who knows? Um, what? I, can't wait. I cannot wait either. Um, there's so much Marvel stuff coming out this year. I mean, I'm just I'm excited for it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into next year, when hopefully we have had our fair share of Marvel stuff this year. I'm hoping I'm still excited about Multiverse of Madness come next March. Um, what worked the best in this film?
1: So I can confidently say for me that Benedict Cumberbatch worked the best in this film. Yes. Um, because I I didn't know a lot about Stephen Strange, the char- like Dr. Strange, the character going into it. And so, I didn't have to have really intense feelings about casting. Um, And at this point, I feel like anyone who has issues with Marvel casting should learn from the history of Marvel casting that they rarely get it wrong. So, you know,
0: there's that. I was reading something from the casting director this week. Uh, She has casted every Marvel movie except for The Incredible mm -hmm. Hulk. And I'd say every 9.9 times out of 10, she's nailed it. So...
1: Yes, 100%. Um, But it was also interesting, because I think we're starting to get into, you know, we're finally in, what is this, Phase 3? Phase 3. Phase 3. So here's the thing. It's really easy when you're doing the first Captain America and the first Iron Man and the first Thor Mm -hmm. as the casting director to, to cast Unknowns but marvel into the phase three had gotten i mean they had proved themselves right like they weren't they weren't here to play um people had stopped making fun of this great undertaking and had started paying attention and so moving into phase three there really isn't a good way to sustain sustainably start like continue to use unknown actors, right? Like your, your catalog is growing. Everyone wants to be in a Marvel movie because now it's cool to be in a Marvel movie. You know, when they cast Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, everyone, including Robert Downey Jr. was taking a gamble. Um, When they cast Chris Evans as Captain America, he almost turned it down because of how much commitment he knew it was going to take. But at this point, I mean, you got actors lining up down the block Sure. that want to be in in the MCU and so she has to start really being discerning about who she's casting knowing that for the most part at this point you are going to recognize the actor that they're putting in the lead role but is are they going to do it justice? Are they going to inhabit this MCU character to the extent that you forget all the other characters that they've inhabited, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I got super excited when I heard that Benedict Cumberbatch had been cast as Stephen Strange, because I had no allegiances to the character of Stephen Strange, but I had seen Benedict Cumberbatch be Sherlock Holmes. And I was convinced of his ability to character act. And I also knew enough, just enough about Dr. Strange, like the idea that he's supposed to be kind of selfish and, and standoffish. And, you know, like he's, he's definitely not a Tony Stark type, you know, like he, he's, he's very smart. Um, He was a doctor. Then he was like a, a magic wizard whatever (laughs) so um you wizard. and i had watched him play sherlock holmes and then once i watched the movie i realized that that had only helped him because the the standoffishness and the i'm smarter than everyone around me and the i don't care if i hurt your feelings like all all that part of like Stephen Strange, you can also see in the way that he plays Sherlock Holmes. Um, because to be honest, if you're playing Sherlock Holmes a certain way, you're playing you're playing playing him as a sociopath basically. Mm-hmm. Like he's not a bad person, but he is a sociopath. Like sure. he does not understand how to relate to people. Um, and so, I I really felt like it came together so nicely, and that the casting. Of this particular role played off that paid off because you had you also had to buy into benedict cumberbatch as stephen strange because yes this is a one-off movie in, in the sense that it you know it's in my tier two kind of thing but who were we to know that if you didn't buy into him as this character in this movie then when he played a critical role in infinity war and Endgame, you weren't going to buy into that either. Like he needed to be believable as this source of, of knowledge. Um, and I just, I thought that it, it worked really well. And it, I think it was really one of the first times where I was going into an MCU movie already following an actor who was playing a lead part. Um, and I think it, I think it worked, you know, beautifully, but I I definitely think that the more they got into the further, further phases, the more that they were having um, not an easier or a harder time in casting, but just, it was, it was different challenges that were coming up. So, um, and I know we talk about casting a lot anyway with the MCU, but I just thought that this, this was a really interesting choice that I think was a 50, 50, lauded and booed by the internet and I think it ended up paying off.
3: (laughs) I,
0: I think that's a very important part that you mentioned with casting and the fact that we have so many name actors all wanting to be a part of the MCU at this point. It's making sure they are cast in the correct role or the right role. I know I've seen a lot of fanfic, a lot of A lot of calls for Keanu Reeves to be in the MCU as this character or this character or John Krasinski uh, Krasinski to be Reed Richards and his wife to be um, Sue Richards in the Fantastic Four and just like so many things. And it's just in, you know, fan fiction is one thing, but you want to make sure, I mean, these characters that you're bringing in, um, in the movies and now in the Disney Plus shows, it's a multi-year possibly even a decade-long commitment. And as much as we enjoy um, Don Cheadle and Mark Ruffalo, they are recast from the original actors, and we, I don't think Marvel wants to do that again. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it's super important that they nail the role every time because it's a role that will be in play for possibly six movies or four right. movies and two TV shows. I mean, mm-hmm. who knows at this point? Um, I think they did casting really well. Um, the thing that I think worked the best, and I keep mentioning it, is the visuals. It's, um, it is just a I, – I made the joke earlier that director Scott Derrickson saw um, Inception and thought he could do better. But that's literally like – when I think of the theme of each movie where you have – the political spy thriller in civil, um, in um, in Winter Soldier. You have the heist movie in Ant Man. This is the mind trippy Inception like movie that just really messes with your mind. I mean, it's like I've never been on LSD, but I imagine this is what it's like. Yeah. You know I mean? uh-huh. Um, but it's just it's beautiful to look at how the mirror dimensions and uh, how everything just kind of. I mean, I can't even describe what I was seeing. It's true. Um, it, the the colors in the dark dimension. I mean, just there's so many. Like whenever she pushes, uh, the, when the ancient one pushes Doctor Strange's like life being or essence or whatever, however it's described, and you know he just starts falling through all these different dimensions and realities right. and stuff. It's just it's so Which, beautifully done. I don't done. know if
1: it was um. This probably fits in a different section, but you reminded me of it. I don't, I don't know if it was supposed to or not, but to me, what he was floating through looked a lot like the quantum realm.
0: And it's, yeah, it's possible. I mean, like that's that's another dimension that um, I, I wouldn't put it past them. Honestly. I watched one like review
2: uh, like on YouTube. It was kind of like you know recapping, and they talked about that a lot, and they talked about the different dimensions. And there's one particular part of it that they said is the quantum realm. You can tell in the same way you later see Ant-Man and them going through it. There's a, at least one part of the all the different places he was going through is very much the real like quantum realm is one of the realms he went through in, a, in addition to some other ones. Um I totally agree with both of you. Uh, I think, you know, the casting was a major part for this. I'll be honest, I didn't know a ton about him before seeing this movie. Um but seeing it, I loved it, you know, from what I knew from the comics he looked very much you know the character he pulled it off really well um and in the comics there's often a a little bit of back and forth between him and Tony Stark and so you really get that as well in these movies you know later on down the road but as far as how their characters look and how they interact with each other is very you know at least comic correct um and I like I agree with you as well Eric the visuals are just amazing um as the one that constantly complains about CGI, like they did it, you know, perfect in this movie to me, they do amazing job where I'm fully engulfed in this movie. I'm not left out in the middle of nowhere when all of a sudden things start going crazy. Um, they fully draw me in for me. I think one of the biggest parts of this movie, um, is character development because you start with a person similar to how you do with Tony Stark, um, in a different way. Uh, But he starts out as a doctor that is very caught up in himself, uh, very caught up in his accomplishments and what he has done. But you do see a little bit of a difference between, you know, how Tony Stark is very so much about himself. You see that he is concerned that like, oh, this person's not dead. No, we should fix that and make, you know, and save his life. But there is that part of it to say, you know, I'm the one that's going to save his life type deal, you know. And he grows the same way. He has his wreck. His hands are destroyed. Um, and his life is destroyed because everything he has is tied in to, you know, his career and his accomplishments versus anything beyond that. Um, and I, I think a little bit of a difference too here is I didn't realize it until later as he's sitting there trying to write his name. Um, and Rachel McAdams character comes in and talks about his funding or whatever, like he's talking about this side or the other. Um, he's lost everything. He doesn't have all the money that Tony Stark has to fall back onto. You know, he is a person that, as a doctor, through everything that he has done, he's very, you know, he's accomplished a lot, but in the midst of that, he turned around and lived a very expensive life. So the income that he made, he turned around and put it right back into things for himself um, from either cars, his apartment, all of his, you know, watches, and everything else. Um, You see that, and you see that growth, though, later on, where he's literally there. His watch is the only thing left to his name, it gets crushed or whatever else um and he he hits that big breaking point where he has nowhere else to go and it's not like he can go back to what he's used to because his hands are destroyed where he can't use them um but to see and i actually mentioned this a little bit earlier but to see by the end of the movie his hands still aren't fixed like they're still shaky like they're not you know maybe not so much as before but like with all the powers that he has had and all the time he has spent he you know learns so much more to care for the world around him the dimensions everything else and do what's best for you know the better good versus i figured out how to use all these powers let me fix myself and get back to that personal gain all over again and buying a bunch of things and doing a bunch of things so um it's subtle in the way it's done some out some parts throughout the movie but just to see his you know the growth of the character throughout the entire movie makes you really appreciate him and just you know be for him by
0: the end of the movie what nitpicks did you have with Doctor Strange, the movie, not necessarily the character? Mm-hmm. Although you could have nitpicks about the character too, I guess. Sure.
2: How about you, Ashby? What nitpicks do you have?
1: I feel like the I, I don't I don't really have any nitpicks, but. I feel like I have some weird recovered memory about people being upset regarding Tilda Swinton's casting. And, you know, some things I dig deep into and some things I just don't. And this was one of the things I didn't. And now I wish I had looked at it so I could be a little bit more well-spoken on it. I can give you some background on
0: that if you need me to.
1: Okay. Because it it was confusing to me. They seem to be the issue seemed to be that it looked like whitewashing casting where they were putting a white woman in the role of someone who should be a traditionally Asian character played by an Asian actor. And I was under the impression and they say in the movie that she has a Celtic origin, that her Mm. history is Celtic and that explains her being racially white while also being seeped in mystical Middle Eastern practices. So I, I was a little confused about that. So traditionally
0: um, in the comics, the ancient one or the character that Tilda Swinton is playing, the ancient one is a Tibetan character. Um, okay. With the politics behind Tibet and China, Marvel did not want to risk upsetting the, the, the box office in China by casting a Tibetan actor or making a okay. statement about that. Um, okay. And I think they wanted to avoid the issue altogether. Okay. So they just cast... Made be- her white. Well, I wouldn't... Th- that would be a, you know, a broad way of putting it, but yes. Um, right.
1: It just sounds like damned if you do, damned if you don't.
0: Basically, that's what it was. Like, they okay. were in a tough spot and they just said, you know what? We're gonna cast best available actress here. I mean, it's usually okay. a man in the comics too, so they cast a woman. Um, so right. I guess you could say a little bit of progress here. I guess I don't know.
1: Right. Okay. Um, okay. And
0: I felt like Tilda Swinton did a good job <laughs> sure. in the role.
3: She did. Um, but she did. They, it
0: was just a it was a very weird spot for them to be in because again, if they had cast a Tibetan actor or if they had said the um, character was Tibetan, then China would probably not have carried this movie. In their uh, theaters,
1: that's so interesting. I I did not know anything about the socio political ramifications of China and Tibet. So now I like, have something since to Tibet look into,
0: but... t- Tibet considers itself a free country and China does not, like China gotcha. considers Tibet to be part of China. So there's a big issue there, and that you like, like oh. I said, I would I would consider like or I would uh, encourage like I am not an expert on that. That's a very like v- broad scope of explaining it. Um, so I would encourage you to look into it yourself and get a better understanding from someone who is not me. Right. But that is Sounds the... a
1: lot like, like Russia and the Ukraine. Yeah. Same situation. Mm-hmm. Very. Anyway. Yeah. That's a, um, that's a
0: very. That's, that's the broad strokes of the situation with the ancient ones. Um, gotcha. In, okay. Well, other. I mean,
1: I just feel like, I, you know, we sing Marvel praises so much that when I feel like there is something that I see online that, I, you know, I feel like it's important to at least try to, to bring up some of the nitpicks I've seen from mm-hmm. the greater internet zeitgeist um and that was one of the things that over the years has really stuck with me um but it's been so long since this movie came out I forgot what their argument was so um really you know I don't I don't personally have any nitpicks with this movie but I think that's because this is one of the few Marvel movies that I can just sit back and enjoy because I don't have a favorite character in it Mm -hmm. and I don't have a way that I feel the plot should go um you know, I think that there are Marvel movies that we each really have an idea, whether it's from the comics or where, whether it's from Fanon, that we we have scenes we want to see and things we want characters to, to experience or say. Um, and this is just one of those movies that I, I could care less and not in a bad way. I just get to sit back and enjoy it and not have to pick it apart because I don't have a dog in the fight in that sense. So
0: I have a nitpick. Okay. Okay. And it's the nitpick that I mean, what is Marvel's biggest problem in their movies? It got rid of the villain. It's the villain. It's the villain problem. Um, Mm. Mads Mickelson did the best he could with what he was given, but Cassilius was not a very compelling villain to me. We knew he was a foot soldier for Dormammu who did not, I mean, he played a role in the movie, but he was not the main villain of this movie. Um, He was like a you know, he he had like a little cameo in there, um, but he was not the big bad of this movie. And um, Cassilius just wasn't compelling as a, as a as a character for me. Right. Um, and also,
1: I feel like villains who are like, oh, I want immortality, I want to live forever. Yeah, it's like it's get a, in line. It's <laughs>
0: a you know, it's a very tired trope. And you know, when you yeah. think, and I know there's only but so many things you can do with your villains to make them villains and stuff. I mean, there's you know, but that one's just a. Like I said, the motivations were like, oh, okay, that's great. But I don't know. Mads Mickelson did a great job with what he had, but Cassilius as a character and knowing that he's not coming back anymore, um, they killed him off. Good riddance. But, you know, overall, this movie was about showcasing Doctor Strange um, and his ability. So, um, you know, I guess you can't showcase, you know, every movie can't have a great showcase villain as well. But, I would just wish they'd have made um, Cassilius or whoever the villain would end up being um, in the next movie. I hope they make him j- very interesting and not a you know paint by numbers one note villain character.
2: I like what you, I like what you said, and I think it brings a, a good part to me about Dormammu. Whereas at least with Thanos, when he's just like a conqueror, you've seen Thanos do things like you understand the power that Thanos has. I feel like with Dormammu, we hear about a little bit about what he can do, but we literally don't see him do anything except be a face in the stars. Like, you know, right. we see him kill Doctor Strange over and over. So you you get the idea of how powerful he is, but you don't see him do anything that makes you think of any consequences up until that point. And at the point that he does it other than the very first time he kills Doctor Strange, you don't you know, and it becomes more comical after that, just because it's over and over and over again. So I just saw it the same way. Like it didn't ruin it for me. Like I still enjoyed the movie. And a lot, like Ashby said, for the, for me, I really didn't have a ton of nitpicks because I can just sit back and watch this movie because I have no history or a dog in this fight. It's literally you're everything I know about this person. You're telling me, so I'm along for the ride as you give it to me. So I did enjoy it, uh, but. That does definitely make sense now that you bring that up, Eric. Um, I just feel like they could have done more with it. And, uh, you know, we get – they have another opportunity. We'll see what they do with it. I don't think it ruined it, but I definitely – there is that trend of just a giant big bad that just carries a big name versus giving a lot of backbone to it.
0: Any uh, unanswered questions about the movie? Hmm. we're
2: seeing rachel um, mcadams again right i hope so
0: it was just i couldn't I help. she so. she's going yeah. she was delightful yeah, she was um, and here's a like a little interesting i guess little easter egg uh, with her character um she uh her character in the comics is night nurse but also while this movie was coming out the netflix marvelverse had been coming out and you had Rosario Dolls playing a different version okay. of night nurse in those movie or those shows um hmm. so I th- her character will return in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I'm pretty I would say ninety five percent sure I remember seeing her being recast as uh, as her character. So um but okay. she yeah, Rachel McAdams is one of my favorites. Um she uh, we talked about her a couple weeks ago with mean, yeah, Girls. mean Girls. Um she hit the big um trifecta with Mean Girls Notebook and Wedding Crashers all back to back to back. Um so I'm just glad to see her as part of the MCU for sure. Um my unanswered question would be like, <laughs> can we find like our own little um, sanctum? You know, learn magic ourselves. I mean, like th- this movie had a, like a tall order introducing like actual magic sure. to the MCU and making it just seem normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right. to the point like where, hey, to the point the where Doctor Strange cool. steps out of a portal with Bruce Banner and in Infinity War and Tony starts like, "You selling tickets or something?" <laughs> Don't embarrass me in front of the wizards. I mean <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah remember yeah, that and, was and remember Dr Richard Strange is a wizard because a sorcerer is a wizard without a hat. <laughs>
1: that's right. that's right. So yeah. there's about to be a really good argument coming up on Falcon Winter Soldier about wizards versus yep. sorcerers the big he's one of the big um, three. <laughs> that's right and uh, I my so I guess unanswered questions for me don't have anything to do with like plot or anything. I just. I I love magical artifacts. I think they're so fun and I really love exploring like part of the, the fun of the Harry Potter books for me is all the like little ancillary things Mm -hmm. that most people don't think about because they're focused on the plot and the characters, like the magical creatures and the magical artifacts and the spells and like all these little things that go into making a robust world. Yes. Um, you know, I, the same thing, I love this the same thing about the Lord of the Rings, like you have these like swords that have names, and you have jewelry that's a part of like the eons of life on this planet of the elves that they've passed down from generation to generation of elves, and so you have famous rings and famous necklaces, and I, I really, you know, like they opened up this whole world of you know you have these relics right and the relic mm-hmm. chooses you and they're in the sanctums they just have rooms of relics and i just am like tell me about all of these artifacts like you're just glossing over everything and there's cases full of these relics and i just want to know each one of them and what what each one does and the history of each one and like how relics work like you know the cape and the staff and the the boots that make him jump around like they all choose the sorcerer right but like once that relic sorcerer dies like then the relic goes back into a glass case until it chooses another one like i just have so many questions about relics and about the cloak and um none of that none of that was answered (laughs) well
2: it's the same way a lot to me like the collector that we see i would love to just walk around and see all the little things that he has in there the same way that it's so much like it reminds me of going on a field trip and Doctor Strange, when you're in a, a really nice museum and it's like each one of these things is important, there's a lot of these things that are important to people that know things from the comics that we just had no idea about, you know, that were probably shown and we just, you know, right over our heads. Um, the one unanswered question I had, and it's been brought up more recently with WandaVision, is we see in the library, there's one missing book that's yes. in the chains and everything else. It's not necessarily like overly focused on, but it's right there in the middle where you can see like there's a book missing. Um, You know, rumors have speculated that this is the book that we've seen in WandaVision, um, and it could be or it could Mm -hmm. not be. But um, either way, that was an unanswered question that honestly, you know, seeing this for the first time, I probably wouldn't have thought much about. But given the history and everything else we've experienced since seeing it then and seeing it again, I couldn't help but to focus on that and realize, you know, how much one guy was able to do just by ripping a page or two out of a book versus somebody that has an entire book that they've stolen from this place and what could be in it.
1: Yeah. Eric will also tell you that there's speculation about that book and how it pertains to certain episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yes,
0: in the sixth, later in this episode, mm. actually. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah. <laughs> Any... Um, random stories or like little rabbit holes you jumped in while researching this movie that y'all want to share anything on Tumblr? I mean, what you got?
1: Um, I did not have time this week, unfortunately to bring you guys some Tumblr, uh, Dr. Strange stuff. Although there is, there is a lot of that. Um, you know, before Dr. Strange came along, there was a big, uh, focus in fandom between, Tony Stark and Bruce Banner like they were science bros you know they would like get together and bro out over science because they were both like super smart people and you know I feel like if if anyone has the temperament to withstand Tony other than Pepper it's Bruce and so there's there's a lot of fanon around the friendship between Tony and Bruce and it is is vast and it is infamous um and it is way more than you see on screen uh per you know usual with fandom but along comes (laughs) dr stephen strange and for whatever reason fans and maybe because i think it was kyle who mentioned previously that there is a little bit more on paper as far as the comic goes with interaction between tony stark and stephen strange so you do have a canon in the comics to to pull from Um, to create a relationship or a friendship between them. Um, But especially with what little interaction we get between them in Infinity War and how delightful, you know, Robert Downey Jr. always is on screen as Tony Stark and he makes fun of everything. And so, you know, that really ramped fans up into this frenzy of really loving the dynamic between Tony Stark and Stephen Strange. And so there is much, much fan art um, about that that dynamic and how Tony is forever getting on Steven's nerves and it just all kinds of fun stuff about the cloak being inappropriate with Tony without Stephen knowing. and you know, it's hilarious. Um, and I, I again, I would have brought it all, you know, more to you than just me rambling about it, but I haven't had time. But maybe by the time this episode airs on Monday, I'll have, you know, some of my famous memes. For
0: yeah. you, that will be Doctor Strange relevant. <laughs> awesome. Your what what moment of the movie? Well, I have one random thing. Real oh, quick. Okay. okay.
2: Um, not long. It was the same way I was researching or just like watching some YouTube stuff on it. And there is a doctor. I don't remember which country he's from. I believe he was British. I don't remember. Um, but either way, what he does, he's a doctor. But then he does like YouTube videos where he watches clips from movies.
0: Yeah, I've, I haven't seen him. There's also like a lawyer guy who does it. Yeah. Uh, you know, for uh, the same reason, just with lawyer stuff. Yeah.
2: And so he's not necessarily there to pick it apart and like talk crap about it. He's more so just to take these scenes and be like, is this realistic or is yes. this not realistic? Yes. Um, and he does a good job, too, just being upfront and being like, look, this is also a bachelor's movie and there's other things beyond that that happens that you just kind of take it with a grain of salt. But he did say a lot of the scenes, there was a lot of things that were done very well, how things were actually very accurate, even down to some very, you know, minuscule things that shouldn't really matter and they but they just stepped above and beyond to include these things to make it even more so real um but he even breaks it down the scene where you see uh dr Stephen strange in his first surgery getting washed up getting cleaned up uh to get ready for surgery um he kind of broke that down um talked about steps that were correct steps that weren't correct um and i think there's a few things that he said you know weren't quite necessarily correct because if you did this, you could literally kill somebody. But uh, overall, they did actually do, you know, they got most of it right. They actually put in the effort, which I think we see that a lot with a lot of shows nowadays anyway, because the internet, we're able to research things and know things. But especially with Marvel, you know, technically, usually there's somebody, it's their job to be like, what would happen in this situation? How do we need to handle this? And it's not just some super random thing to happen so there's some moments like you said that did not you know technically wouldn't work health wise but overall marvel did a really good job of actually portraying what it would be like to be a surgeon
0: i would be disappointed if they didn't sure marvel for the most part has done their due diligence on Mm -hmm. everything um and they uh they usually do a really good job of making sure even the little Mm minute details matter um so i I think that's really awesome Mm -hmm. Um, while we're talking, um, what, what moment, Kyle, what you got?
3: Hmm.
0: I've got mine. So, I mean. Okay. You go ahead. Okay. Ash, where do you want to go? Or do you want me to go first?
1: I'll, I'll do mine. Okay, um, go ahead. so I know that we talk about a, we often talk about a, what, the, what moment as like a, an up, right? Like a, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, is this is happening, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes a, what, the, what moment can be like a, a down. Sure. And. I did not go into this movie expecting to to come across some kind of, like, life-altering, like, lesson that would, like, hit me in the feels and would just really, like, touch me in a way and, and like, make me stop and really, like, think about things. And, I, I mean, again, and I, I forgot the first time and then watching it again, I remembered that. I, you know, there's a lot of, like, mystical, spiritual things in this movie for obvious reasons, and a lot of it is just kind of like, you know, uh, learn to, to be in yourself and learn to, to trust your whatever and, you know, choose your battles and and be better as, you know, yourself or whatever. Like, there's a lot of, like, woo-woo stuff, you know, mm-hmm. in it, but the moment that the ancient one knows that she's dying and she and Stephen are out on the balcony in their like non-corporal forms and they're having a conversation. And, you know, I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, whatever. We're moving the plot along and, you know, and then at the very end of their conversation, she says, death is what gives life meaning to know your days are numbered. Your time is short you think after all this time I'd be ready, but look at me stretching one moment out into a thousand just so I can watch the snow. And I was like, <laughs> <That's so weird. laughs> like Oh my gosh. You know, it, it just hit me. And I, I just, it's so, it's so poignant to think that, you know, like here's a being who has lived hundreds, if not thousands of years and, who has made it her mission, you know, to to sort of protect things greater than herself and who has maybe bended her own rules in order to stay alive long enough to protect this earth, this, you know, this world. Um, and the idea that, like, in her, you know, in her final moments, even as long as she's lived and as tired as she must be, she's using what magic she has left just to live a few seconds longer to enjoy something as simple as snow, you know? And I, I, that was a really big moment for me in this movie because it just sort of like took me out of the movie almost for a second. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, like that is, that is really, you know, something to think about. So I thought it's not like a super up exciting moment, but it was definitely one of my favorite moments and one of my favorite lines from the movie.
0: See, and when when we describe the what-the-what the what moment, I think you can apply your own definition to it as it pertains. I mean, it's a very fluid concept. Um, but for me, it's the most memorable thing. Mm-hmm. And for me, my what-the-what what moment this week is not an up moment. It, well, it might be, depending on how. But it's more of a hilarious moment. Um, Dormammu... I've come mm-hmm. to bargain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just the 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 hilarity and also the genius behind watching Doctor Stephen Strange get killed over and mm-hmm. over and over. Like the first time you see him just grip the part, and you're like, "Oh God, what?" See, what? I think
2: that's my what the what moment. It's all of a sudden like. <laughs> Well, crap! He's dead, and then I was saying, Dorabu, I've R- come to bargain." <laughs> yes. and <I> like that—that <laughs> <laughs> like
0: that would be my mm-hmm. what the what moment? Just mm-hmm. again, and and the crazy thing—I don't think about it like too deeply, but when I mm-hmm. try to, it's like you know, that was still like really awesome, like and brave of him because he sure. felt every single time he died. Oh, sure, he everything that right. happened to him, he felt that. I mean, and just because there's a time loop, there doesn't erase the pain that he had had mm-hmm. to felt in in the moment. So. Um, but that right. would be my what the what moment um, and Kyle yours is yep. give <laughs> a okay. split second before right before it so <laughs> good stuff nice. Good stuff mm-hmm. um, nice do we agree that Dr Strange won this movie or do we have any other contenders for the uh, title this week
1: no I think yeah. I think for the you know the first time in a long time maybe like there's no argument that the main character won the movie
0: mm-hmm. I would agree with that all right. Ashby, you want to intro me for the next section?
1: Is that in the script?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we don't have a script, but yeah, this is the, you know, every week, you know, for the MCU, we dive into blah, 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 blah.
1: Well, so the thing is, is that I, you know, um, in typical me fashion, I don't even have a script up. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, that's fine. If you just want to say, hey, um, Eric, teach, but you know what, what hey we're doing. Eric. Yeah, what's up? You know
1: what? This is, a, this is the portion of our MCU uh, episodes where we teach you a little something about an artifact or an important reoccurring uh, part of the MCU. And Eric is going to talk about that right now.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm going to teach y'all what y'all need to know about the time stone. The more you know. Ooh. Yes, so. All right, so It's
1: green. Yes,
0: it's green. <laughs> yes. That's all we got. It's green, ladies and gentlemen. It's contained in a gold necklace.
3: <laughs>
0: on. Uh, so yeah, he's from space. He's here to steal a necklace from a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other side
2: of Harry Potter that you didn't know
0: about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. The Time Stone is a remnant of one of the six singularities which existed for the universe. After the universe came to be, the Big Bang forged the remnants of those six singularities into elemental crystals and dubbed the Infinity Stones. And they were hurtled across the universe. As indicated by its name, the Time Stone held dominion over the forces of time. The master sorcerer, Agamotto, fashioned a containment device to better wield its dangerous power When Agamotto founded the Master of the Mystic Arts, the usage of the eye became forbidden, though Cagliestro was permitted to study the artifact and eventually wrote how to control the relic in his book. The Masters would subsequently swear an oath to protect the Time Stone with their lives because the Time Stone ultimately became their chief weapon against mystical forces that seek to invade and destroy Earth. Uh, We see in Endgame... Uh, in 2012, the Ancient One brought the Time Stone with her to New York City as she defended its sanctum from the invading Shatari um, warriors. During his training at Kamartaj, uh, Kamartaj, Dr. Strange began to read the book of C- Cagliaristro and learned of the Eye's full power. Seeking to push himself, Strange donned the Eye and opened it, revealing the Time Stone, first testing its power on the apple, before using to recreate the lost pages from his book. And he was halted by Wong and Carl Mordo, who warned that the eye's power were contrary to the natural order of things, and the slightest misuse could result in an endless temporal loop. Endless temporal loop, you said? Well, we we see that used in the Dark Dimension. He traps Dormammu. He's come to bargain uh, that could only be broken by Doctor Strange if Dormammu acquiesced to the human's bargain. Um, so after that battle, he returned the eye to its resting place in Kamar soon, where Wong casually revealed, Hey, by the way, this is an infinity stone. Just a heads up. Um, so yeah, Bruce Banner, you all heard of him. You know, he got thrown out of a uh, ship in space and he fell, uh, in the New York sanctum, you know, just great placement there by, uh, by our friend, um heimdall who sent him hurtling through space uh and he was to warn the planet of thanos's imminent arrival um dr strange and wong sought out tony stark for his aid uh he wanted to destroy the time stone uh wong told him no no we're not going to do that it's going to be our greatest uh, threat against thanos um ebony maul and cole obsidian arrived demanding the time stone And they tried to abduct it off of Strange's body, but he revealed he placed a spell around the time stone so it could be only taken from him if he wished it so. As we'll learn about in Infinity War, Doctor Strange was adamant that he would let anyone die before he gave up the time stone, and he used it to view 14.5 million or so um, futures with the time stone, and only found one where they came out victorious. And in the vein of that, He ends up giving up the time stone to Thanos, um, as he said we're in the end game now. Um, So he gave it to Thanos, and Thanos knows how to use this time stone because he used it to, like I guess, like unkill Vision. Yeah. And then plucked it out of his head again, re-killing Vision, uh, which (laughs) leads to Wanda Vision. So yeah. And then a few weeks later, Thanos used the power of the stones, including the Time Stone, to destroy the Time Stone and the rest of the Infinity Stones. Um, so, yeah. The Time Stone uh, played a big part in, in Game. There was a big time heist um, where they would go through the quantum round to you know, recapture the Time Stone so they could use the Infinity Gauntlet to bring back everybody from the snap. And then Captain America returned the Time Stone from where he found it and, you know, didn't do anything else that was out of the ordinary that Ashby won't be mad about in that movie. Um, The capabilities of the Time Song, as we talked about, is among the most powerful artifacts in all existence. It can only be held by beings of exceptional superhuman ability. Um, When contained in the vessel such as the Eye or the Infinity Gauntlet, The stone's power manifests as green runes of energy surrounding the user's arm and wrist. Manipulation of time then occurs primarily through the conjuration of a green circular mandala of energy in the user's hand. And we probably will not see the time stone anymore in the MCU since, you know, it's been destroyed. But who knows? They're going through time, you know, little uh, spaces in time and space, and who knows what will show up. So uh, we may not have seen the time stone After, or the last of the time stone, after all. So, Hmm. Um, a little trivia about the time stone in the comics uh, the orange time gem manipulates time, um, but it was recreated uh, to be green in the 2015 Secret Wars um, comic art, so it would match the color that it's depicted in the films. So, nice, cool. So, at this point, we're towards the end of the episode. We usually have six fun facts and observations for you, the fans. One for each of the Infinity songs, like the Time Song we just mentioned. I know it's strange. Well, actually, it's, it's Doctor. <laughs> actually, it's Doctor. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Uh, maybe it's strange. I mean, who am I to judge? Uh, but we are going to do six fun facts and observations for you, starting with Kyle. Name one of your facts here. Go. Sure.
2: Uh, actor Jaquan Phoenix was the first choice. Joaquin. Joaquin. I don't know why I said Jaquan. <laughs> it's like I literally said it in my head four times before I said it. You know, Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Fair. He uses Phoenix. a he
0: uses a J. I mean, who uses the J for the wa sound? I mean, come on. well, he's
2: Jaquan Joaquin Phoenix for now was the first choice to to portray Doctor Strange. Um, they actually went months negotiating with him. Um, and I guess his managers everything else, but I think Money Wise ended up falling out. Uh, producers then went after, or at least considered Johnny Depp and Jared Leto uh, to play the role. Uh, and then they finally, you know, went with Bennett patch and were hesitant because they didn't know if he was a big enough actor at that point. You know, it kind of extends off of what we'd said earlier. I always take these in a little bit and just kind of think about those and think what it would have been like with any of those other actors. And once again, I think they would have done a good job, but I don't know if it would have done as
0: well as what he did. All right, Ashby, number two. Or I can go, I can do number two if you want me to.
1: Yeah, you go first.
0: All right, I'll let you do number three. So there have been references to Doctor Strange in earlier MCU films. Uh, First in Thor 2011, The orb of Agamotto, which rests in Doctor Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum, can be seen among the treasures in Odin's treasure chamber. Uh, Another reference to Doctor Strange can be seen in Thor the Dark World. Uh, The crossroads is one of the many phrases written on Eric Selvig's chalkboard. The crossroads is an other-dimensional reality that has a noticeable role in the Doctor Strange comics. And, of course, the most famous one is in Captain America the Winter Soldier, when they... Let's see. What's the word I want to use? They rough up Jasper Sitwell for information, and they ask, you know, what kind of you know information they have on you know people. And he says anyone who could be a future threat to Hydra. He includes notable names like Bruce Banner and Stephen Strange, who was not yet a um, you know he was just a surgeon at that point. Um, Possibly, we 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 don't know the timeline's a little murky on that. Another possible um, reference to. Other MCU films in this movie, when Doctor Strange is in his wreck, he was on the phone uh, talking to someone about a possible medical case to take on. And they mention a 35-year-old Air Force colonel whose Mm -hmm. spine was crushed in experimental armor. And Mm -hmm. some people think that's a reference to James Rhodes, um, Rhodey but
1: after a uh, civil war
0: after civil war but again the timeline does not exactly match up with that because this that moment takes place before Civil War So some people are theorizing that it's actually the um, person seen in Iron Man 2 with Justin Hammer's experimental armor um, mm. where it fails and Justin Hammer has to get up at the no he survived he's okay he survived. And they think the timeline might even stretch that far out to where Dr. Strange had his accident that early. And then all the other time, you know, gets us up to present time because he spent so much time in car, um, in karma, kamartage. yeah, karma, and learning all the ways of the mystic arts. So, there's your number two. Number three.
1: So, due to the popularity of. The Marvel films obviously were into phase three. Rachel McAdams decided that she would thank you like to be in a Marvel movie. Um, unknowingly, she was the first choice for the role of Christine, and she accepted it. Um, but she was also previously approached by um, John Farrow as his first choice to play Pepper Potts in 2008 Iron Man, which she declined at the time. And no offense to Rachel McAdams, but, you know, if you can't handle me at my phase one, then I don't think you deserve me at my phase three, but (laughs) whatever.
0: (laughs) Rachel McAdams can do what she wants. She was in Mean Girls. (laughs) That's true. She got hit by a bus. On Wednesdays, she wears pink. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Number four.
2: Um, This one goes back a little bit more to his origin in the comics, but originally he was going to be called Mr. Strange. Uh, But then there was some concerns that was too similar to Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four. Um, So for that reason, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, uh, when they moved forward, then decided last minute to call him Doctor Strange. Um, But even that was problematic because at one point there was a villain called Doctor Strange that had appeared in an issue of The Amazing Spider-Man. To get around that issue, they spelled it out Doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R, instead of D-O-R, period. So that's how they said
0: that's a different person.
2: But I
1: thought it was Mister Doctor.
0: Actually, it's strange. <laughs> Could be.
1: Well, n- who maybe who am I to judge? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Number five. Um, so I'm put my phone down. I'm doing this from memory, but uh, Ashby alluded to it earlier in season four of Agents of Shield. Um, there is, that season is the best season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., by the way. Um, and they, mm-hmm. one of the reasons is they split up the season into three pods of, um, of episodes. So you have the first seven or eight episodes with one main story, the second set of episodes and another story and the third set in another story with the last two episodes tying it all together. Um, and that format worked really well for that uh, show. In the first pod, it's based on Ghost Rider. This is Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider, not your Johnny Blaze Ghost Rider, played by Gabriel Luna. Fantastic job by him, by the way. Um, but in the there's a artifact uh, that's being sought after by Robbie Reyes' uncle uh, in the first few episodes of this season called the Darkhold, and uh, it has so many. I mean, that's really. Really hard to explain um, how they present it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it's basically uh, an evil book with some evil things going on in it. Um, during this part of, and I'm just spoiling Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because we gave you a spoiler warning an hour ago. Um, during this part of the episodes, uh, there is a android created called Ada. Um, and b- at the end of this arc, Robbie Reyes is, you know, doing his own thing in another dimension uh, as Ghost Rider. Ada has hold of the Darkhold, uses it um, to recreate lifelike figure uh, androids, and then uses it to create something called the Framework, where she's trapping real people into an alternate uh, virtual reality. Um, At the end of the season, Robbie Reyes makes his return as Ghost Rider, defeats Ada, and then takes the Darkhold and, very interesting swings his chain in a circle, um, which looks very similar, if not identically similar, to the sling rings that Doctor Strange uses to create a portal to another area, Um, and he takes the Darkhold with him. And I know the Darkhold was mentioned in the TV show uh, Marvel's Runaways. I never saw it, so I can't give you any information about that, but the Darkhold does get a mention Spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen WandaVision, but again, you were warned. Um, it, does
1: it was Agatha all along.
0: It does me- it get a huge <laughs> mention in the last two episodes of WandaVision where she is seen reading it. Um, there's a mysterious book in her dungeon, and in episode nine, um, she is explicitly mentions it's called The Darkhold. It's called The Book of the Damned. Um, and there's, it looks noticeably different than the one you see in Agents of the S.H.I.E.L.D., which just breaks my brain trying to think, how am I going to explain that this is the exact same book as the one in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm going to insist that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will remain canon until they give me a reason <laughs> not to.
1: It is. It is. It has to be. Look, Marvel, you know, they, they're going to have to own up to it, okay? Like, mm-hmm. you know they can't do everything perfectly. Don't take my
0: ages of shield. Canosity away. from They you. also
1: can't just like retcon eight seasons of TV. Like you mm-hmm. did that. Okay. It was, it was seven, but yeah, still
0: still
2: <laughs> before we jump to number but six, also,
1: like what Go if ahead. the dark hole is like, it's, I, I mean, what if it's like a sentient book? Like what if it can change what it looks sure. like? I and mean, that's there, a theory there I saw. Be an explanation. That's a theory. For... I saw. Yeah.
0: So before
2: yeah. we jump to number six, uh, I was cleaning today or packing, and I told Alexa, I "said Hey Alexa, play Disney songs," and she was playing her Disney songs, and we went from um. I don't remember the exact song, but we'll just say Beauty and the Beast, to, it was Agatha all along. She has now made the Disney music
0: canon. <laughs> That's hilarious. So it's as she
3: deserves, well, and, it. And,
0: and also as on that s- on that same line, mm-hmm. I sent Ashby a um, a tweet like I shared it with her earlier this week. Where um, a uh, sports radio group called Sports Channel Eight did a parody of that song, hmm. talking about the ACC basketball um, championship last week. Uh, Who is the best team in the ACC? It was Georgia Tech all along, <laughs> and it was really <laughs> it was pretty good. It was really well done. Like they. Um, like they posted the coach's face with his face shield on, on mm-hmm. top of Agatha. And um, it was, you know, talks about his hair. His hair is the frizziest frizzy, 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 frizzy. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. It's anyway, n- number six, good. number six. So I, I didn't mean for both of these to be about Rachel McAdams, but here we are. She's, uh, she's Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her startled reaction in the broom closet. When a uh, strange disappears back through the portal, was genuine because the mop handle fell completely by accident while they were filming that scene and it scared Mick Adams like almost out of her skin. (laughs) And so she has that reaction on camera and Scott Dickerson, the director decided to keep it because in having the reaction, she never broke character. And so they kept it in the final film. Nice.
0: I love it. We got some social media shout outs this week. Yes, sir. We do. Uh, this past week we
2: didn't have a ton because the same day that we originally were going to record this podcast, we had a threat. Yes, of there were storms. major threats of giant tornadoes coming, and thankfully, where we're located, we didn't really get hit
0: at all. Um,
1: it's because I watch Twister. Anytime we're going to have tornadoes, and I watch Twister, I wore them away. <laughs> I, I'm just
0: thankful the the rain shield and the storm shield that I you know put over Johnson County. Yes, worked. we appreciate it. Yes, um,
2: but okay. with that, whenever something like that happens around here. Um, all of our social media attention to things like that go, you know, to more responsible things. Uh, but some of you did jump in. Uh, Amanda Newport said, this movie is trippy AF, but I liked it a lot. Uh, James Nichols says, it was a good character. Um, let me jump over here real quick. Loading, loading, loading. Get that Facebook loading.
0: It was Facebook all, <laughs> all
3: along.
1: <laughs> Um, I've been working on my evil cackle for Halloween this year. I'm going to be Agatha.
0: Nice. I want to be Vision, maybe. I don't know. Okay. I, I feel like for Halloween, we got to do theme costumes. I mean, just, just saying. Because by sure. that point, sure. we'll be able to ha- celebrate Halloween together in your new house. Sure. Halloween parties. Yes.
2: Um,
1: Cal can be Fiatra. That was
2: literally
0: <laughs> who I was going to pick. It's like, I can pull that off. I I won't be visioned as the lucha wrestler he dressed up as for Halloween. <laughs> there you go,
1: there you go.
2: Um and then Robin Stolfer, I think it's
0: Stoffer, yes. Stoffer, nice. She works with your mom. Okay, awesome. She's the art teacher at Glenda Kinley. Cool. Good friend. She also likes my
2: brother. That's
1: That would be Ann Weaver.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ann Weaver that's was the only art teacher there. That works there. Ten years ago, my first year, she retired after working with me for one year so. I try. Sorry about
2: that.
1: I reject that reality. I don't believe you own.
0: You never worked there. Mr.
2: Holly was a PE teacher, and he still is. You've yeah. never worked <laughs> at Glendale Kinley. My um, head, June, still you teaches. You only think you did because I programmed you to think so. <laughs> yes. My head, June, still teaches the music there. No, she wasn't there. It was yeah. some other lady. No, she was there. When I was a kid? No, no, she was <laughs> so in the middle school. I was trying to say. Uh, You're thinking of Judy Daniels. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Okay, back to this. Uh, Robin says he's one of my favorites. So see, I told you earlier that you know somebody out there. It was one of their favorites, and that's who it was. And that's it for the week. Um, We had a few other question about powers and such. I think Hunter replied. Yeah, that's a a good
0: question though. Um, I know it's late. Uh, We're doing this on a Saturday night, and um, you know, but good question to go out on. Um, what magical ability would you want?
1: What what ability would I want? Magical
0: ability. We posted online this week because,
2: and it, this was on the day of the storm, so it really didn't get much love. Um, but, you know, Doctor Strange introduces magic to the MCU in this movie. So if we were able to choose a magical power, what magical power would you want to be able to do?
0: I know mine. It okay. would be the ability to open up a portal and go anywhere I would want to instantly. That's good. Like if we're yeah, doing I
1: love traveling. Like though. I love
0: traveling. I don't love the act of traveling, but I mm-hmm. love doing it. Like getting to a new place and exploring it. So if right. I want to go to Italy, you know what? Let me do this little sling ring here. Um, let's, Open go up to, a let, let's go to Italy. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, it's amore. Yep.
3: You're going to need Harry there's Potter's a, Invisibility There's cloak a really
1: there. good restaurant, like, right at the foot of the Eiffel Tower. And I hate the idea of, like, having to go through the rigmarole of traveling to France. But if I could just pop over to that restaurant on, like, a Saturday night and have some French onion soup and a glass of wine and then just like, pop back into my house.
0: Yeah, that would be – I mean, one of my favorite international places to yeah. go is a place in um, – johannesburg south africa called the mug and bean uh apparently they have great coffee i don't know i don't drink coffee but they have a wonderful <laughs> breakfast and their hot chocolate is to die for so
2: well you said you said moon hits your eye All i like think about what's a big pizza pie from new york where i would just go to new york yep grab a pizza and come back home yep um
1: yeah although i will say if it wasn't that i've always been fascinated with the idea of controlling water and i guess hmm. you know magically you get into the realm of like being aquaman or whatever sure. but like I, if if we can pick any magic and like any you know magic dealing with a natural element I, just the idea of being able to breathe underwater and the, the idea of being able to control water i've always been a big water baby like i grew up with a pool in my backyard and so I could swim from a very young age and it was hard for my parents to keep me out of bodies of water. And so I I feel like I've always loved the water in whatever form.
0: I like to think of these powers in ring form like in Captain Planet. Yes. So
2: like you said
1: controlling water, like, okay, water! I (laughs) totally thought that. Yeah, I I would definitely have the water ring for sure. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: Cool. I think mine, and it's funny because if I ever watched superheroes growing up or anything, it was not a character I cared for. But I would love to be able to control things with my mind. Not control people, but just to be able to move things and make them work without me having to physically do it. Part of that makes me just sound really lazy. But the other side of it is just like, how cool would it be to be able to work on things without you doing multiple things at the same time, but like to control things with your mind. But when like I go back and watch X-Men, for instance, I Professor Xavier was not my favorite character. Jean Grey was not my favorite character. It was more so the action people, you know, They could fly or shoot lasers or have claws come out of their hands. Yeah, gambit. Yeah. Yeah, he
3: he He can use
0: a card and, you know, hurt somebody. It's awesome. Yeah.
2: My my first answer always was, I wish I could fly. Like, I just would love to fly. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, because do I need to fly if I could... Spin a circle and just jump wherever I wanted to go. But
0: like when flying, I have the question: like, does it take the same amount of energy as it does to run? Because if so, then I'm out on flying. That's a good point.
2: I've
1: never
3: thought right. about it that you way. Know?
1: Well, and also I'm afraid of heights, and so the idea that I would suddenly lose mm. my ability halfway through flight is terrifying to me. Like, I just flight would be wasted on me because and I'm I'd not be too scared.
0: I'm not <laughs> battling birds and planes and whatever's up there. That's I'm true. sorry. I mean. Give me right. the sling ring. Let's go. Let's just step in right. the portal. Let's, okay. Hey, we're in Italy again. <laughs> um, right. Since we're talking about it, I will go
2: and include. Hunter had said that he would choose invisibility or shapeshifter. Um. I remember my cop out answer used to always be, "I'd want to be morph from the X Men, because he could morph into anybody and have their powers." So it was kind of like cheating, but yes, he didn't really make it much more than that. That one episode. one episode, and then later years back, he came out with really dark eyes, like he'd been doing here. One, yes. All
0: right. Well, in on that great on note. that great note, um, you, the listener, we thank you for joining us today. We want to thank Ricky Lyles for his contributions mm-hmm. to the podcast, and maybe even his future contributions with Ricky's Rants. We'll see how yes. that goes. <laughs> um, if <laughs> that ever sees the to light of day, we'll see. Um, but <laughs> thank you for joining us. Make sure you share it with your friends and on social media. Um, next week. Uh, we are discussing what we are calling the what the what moments Mm-mm. from our childhood. Mm-mm. No, we're not. Mm-mm. No, no. We, we, we said we were not going to do that. We changed it. Uh, we changed it right before That's the episode. That's coming in the future. That's coming in the future. J.K., uh, we're actually talking about our top or our favorite TV, TV,
1: TV, theme songs.
0: Theme, TV show theme songs. Yeah. Yeah. Those. So, yeah including
1: just, cartoons.
0: Including yes. cartoons. So come and knock on our door. We'll be wait, ready for you. That's nice. Um, you know, Whatever
1: so happened to dependability? It's predictability, but yes, <laughs> it was the milkman <laughs> and the paper boy, boy. and evening, evening TV. TV. <laughs> oh, and it is evening TV. I always thought it was even TV, like yes, even TV. Evening, evening <laughs> TV.
0: The funny thing is, me, Kyle, and Ricky last year during quarantine filmed some random um, stuff, and we put together an actual like theme song to the Full House. Mm-hmm theme. You um, did you it did was that. great. It you was did so it. Good. you put in the work. So. You take that glory. Once you
2: put That's in right. the work. That's right. Work you take
1: that
0: so once um once our um once we're all vaccinated and we can all be in the same room we might do something similar with a different theme song. Who knows? Who knows? So um
1: It's been Agatha all <laughs> along <laughs> just, Does that count? <laughs> I
2: just figured we were gonna walk around your neighborhood just singing about Duckburg, but that works too. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, next week, our favorite TV theme songs. Uh, we're def- well, I'm definitely going to sing some, so mm-hmm. um, come ready for that. And then our next entry into the MCU, Running the Infinity Gauntlet, will be next month, where Hunter Batten, mm-hmm. who joined us on our first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, uh, he will join us again next month for the second Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume 2. He doesn't know it yet. But he doesn't he know, will. know it yet, but he will. Even if we have to get him on the the Facebooks like we have Ashby and just have Ashby in person. That's that right. Point, That's we're right. going to make it happen. I
1: mean, I guess he'll he'll know it when he listens to this episode.
0: <laughs> I'm assuming he'll listen to it, right, Hunter? Mm-hmm. And while you're listening, oh, and hang on, while he's mm-hmm. listening, I meant to do this three episodes ago. I need to have a personal apology to Hunter Batten. I made mm-hmm. the insu um insinuation that he was a big fan of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. And that was a false allegation, and I regret my error. He is not a fan. Yeah, we almost we
1: always we almost lost him as a top fan. So we We probably have definitely need to apologize. uh, (laughs) He probably
2: listened like to the last two episodes. Like he's going to apologize. This is my public
0: apology at the very end of this episode. Mm -hmm. It's like putting a um a correction in a newspaper on the bottom of page Mm twelve. That's right. But here it is, Hunter. I'm sorry. You were not a fan of Rise of Skywalker. Have no idea why I said that. So (laughs) real fast.
2: If sorry, I'm jumping all on you. If you have a favorite uh, TV show theme song. Be sure to let us know because we would love to have you call in and leave us a message on the What the What line, letting us know what your choices are. Now back to
3: you.
1: Yeah, Evie. I think I think mm-hmm. at this point the What the What line is uh, it's here to stay. So yeah, it's here to stay.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. We hope that everyone can get used to calling in. Maybe at some point we can get like a Google number sure. for our Google account so that Instead we don't have to keep using Kyle's <laughs> personal cell phone.
0: You know, folks, if you want that to happen, share this with your friends so we can get a lot more listeners. Mm -hmm. So that you know, we can you know justify stuff like that. So
1: we want to have so many listeners that Kyle no longer feels confident giving out his personal cell number. Yes. (laughs) And that
0: takes a lot, because I get a lot of random phone. A lot of random yeah, a lot of random (laughs) phone calls. So thanks for joining us folks, as always. Stay as cool as the other side of the pillow. And we will see you next week on the What the What podcast.
3: What the what? Nice.
0: You stole her line. It was Eric all along. (laughs) (laughs) And we killed the podcast, too.